Hello there, you feral festives. It's Champy, your British butler. In the day that stuck between the solstice and Christmas Eve. Well, it is tomorrow as well, but I think this is the lesser known brother or sister of the 23rd, Christmas Eve Eve. I mean, this is Christmas Eve Eve Eve. Oh, it's so nice to be here, though. It feels like the tropics here in Colorado, though. I mean, we've had one sprinkle of snow in like 240 days. It, it feels like an age. I know most people think, oh, I'd love to be in Hawaii or Barbados this year. I want to be in like three or four foot of snow. I want to have the bottom of my pajamas soaked. You know, not from me urinating in the bed or anything. I just want it for, you know, put the, put the uh, Wellington boots on and get the pajamas, that, that icy cold at the bottom of the pajamas. You truly know it's Christmas when there's some icy cold flakes and frosticles at the bottom of your pajamas. Or maybe if you don't wear pajamas, you have a particularly hairy leg, you can have frosticles at the bottom of your leg. I love that, when it's so deep, it's up to the, up to the calf. I mean, how often does that happen these days? Not very often, but it's like balmy here today. Well, it is, it is now, and it will be. I mean, it's, it was in the 30s this morning, so it's quite cold, quite festive, very bright, beautiful. So bright and beautiful is one thing. Uh, the dull days you sometimes get in the UK where it's dark at three o'clock, rainy, dank. Yeah, I, I prefer those bright, frosty, crisp days when you can go about your day with a smile on your face. And uh, if you have to wear a beanie, wear a beanie, but uh, maybe a little tweed on your head. <laughs> yeah, a little tweed on your head. Yes, that's the sort of podcast you're listening to. We're all about the Harris Tweed here on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Love me a Harris Tweed cap. As you know from uh, any of you who've sojourned over to my Instagram account and seen that rather... I mean, it's impossible to get a, a hat that's so big for me, but that hat is actually supersized. I mean, that hat was probably made for Goliath or maybe one of the biblical mythical creatures. Maybe it was made for the crocodile Leviathan. Or the hippopotamus behemoth. Who knows? There's a, there's no Sodom and Gomorrah though. Let's let's put it that way. When I'm wearing wearing that hat, but I'm easing into the host chair yet again. We have one now, one podcast now, and one just before Christmas. It's episode 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 one hundred and forty nine. It's the 149th edition of this podcast. And how did we remain propped up? How did we remain motivated to continue this long? Well, it's you, the loyal Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese uh, listener. I mean, you should be called the Collie Florets. I think that's what you should be called. You, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener, are the Collie Florets. You are the loyal folks who listen along religiously, to the nonsense that is woven together week by week on this uh, delightful little humble quaint and you know I wear tweed but the podcast may be twee you know it's a little twee it's a little whimsical and there ain't nothing wrong with that so I hope you're doing well hope you're relaxing I decided to have a very small bowl of porridge and a mince pie this morning 
and I actually tried out Boomerang the first time. No, not the Australian thing, the Boomerang won't come back. I mean, I don't even want to think about the Aussies at the moment, being a big cricket fan. I mean, England's Boomerang have gone away, and I don't think it's ever going to come back by the looks of things. But, um, no, Boomerang's a thing on Instagram that everybody seems to do that basically... The video goes forward and then it goes back, it sort of pauses. I mean, everybody seems to be doing it. So I thought, why not raise a mince pie on the Boomerang app? Why not? You know what, you take an ancient, old, traditional English dish and you jazz it up with a little bit of Instagram Boomerang action. And there you have it. So anyway, that's the podcast. I hope you're having a a marvelous week. I hope you're getting your Christmas shopping done. Have you made the gravy yet? That's the question. I mean, we ask this every week. I have not made the bloody gravy yet. Gravy. I need to make the gravy. Maybe today. I'm thinking about using a Hugh Fernley Whizzing Store recipe. And um, basically, I mean, he he did uh, a sort of turkey au vin with the turkey legs in sort of red wine with vegetables. I'm actually doing it with a pheasant. I'm going to casserole a pheasant, I think, and use that as a sort of um, gravy for the turkey. How about that? Meat on meat. Bird on bird. It sounds like a wonderful sort of um, 1970s lesbian porno or something like that. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a gamey bird. <laughs> a game bird. And then you have uh, one that's probably being created by the people uh, at one of the big supermarket chains where they feed up the turkey... Uh, it basically hasn't got any legs and it's got oversized breasts. A little bit like Pamela Anderson. You know, that's what it is. Now, this turkey is perfectly organic. I got it from the lovely, lovely people at Whole Foods. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But there we go. So we're all festive. I've got a mince pie in me. It's making, giving me terrible indigestion. It's repeating on me. Oh, and we'll be talking about that as well. Yes, pastry and uh, chili con carne really don't mix and it wasn't a chili con carne pie it was it was chili con carne followed by a mince pie and uh, it's giving me a terrible jip before i uh, continue the podcast i have some very very sad news um today <clears throat> i want to talk about a fallen friend who's basically come to the end of their days and They've been a good, loyal, loyal friend, supported me in many, many ways. My pair of rather faded Levi jeans have finally reached the point of no return. The hole in the crotch is so big, it's basically stretching at the beam, so to speak. Well, a couple of strand beams going across. And if I'm not careful, the Christmas baubles will fall out and give you a full-on jingle jangle bells. Yes. It's, it's, it, I'm very fearful of this happening. So I feel that today may be the last day I'll be able to bring you this podcast in my long-lost Levi's that over the years have seen me through thick, well, thick rather than thin. They've been a good friend. They kept me warm on those chilly days. And recent times when things get a little hot in the kitchen... They give me some very light relief with basically a gust of wind going up the left trouser leg. But today we remember Chappie's Levi Jeans 
that perished on the right-hand side of the crotch. Yes, I'm going to be fitting in two Christmas bangers for you, the Keep Coming Cauliflower Cheese Listener, between this time and Christmas Eve. So we have one coming out on Christmas Eve and uh, a lovely little, uh, lovely little aperitif for you. A little Christmas aperitif, like one of those sparkling cranberry uh, vodka martinis that I've seen around that have steam coming off them. God, how I do with one of those right now. I just have to make do with uh, a dash of Baileys and a cup of coffee at the moment, but that's rather nice as well. And as I said to my dear mother the other day, then, you know, they, they, they like the instant coffee. I know many Americans poo-poo the instant coffee, but I have to say the instant coffee in the UK is so much better than in America. I mean, the American instant coffee is so acidic you could probably, you're probably melting your gullet as you're drinking it. But yeah, the Kenko Smooth is rather nice. Smooth, smooth. But you know what? So I tried a little bit of sweet cream and I thought, oh, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know about this, Harry. And um, yeah, so I tried it with the sweet cream, no. But then you added some Baileys in it. it took me right back to the age of 14. Yeah. <laughs> No, did I? Yes, no, no, Mr. No, yes, no. No, I was, I might have had a sip when I was 14 years old. My grandfather was a bit of a scallywag and he let me have a sip of the hot toddy around Christmas. Yeah, dear old granddad Frank. I mean, this is a whole thing as well. I mean, and it's very sad. I mean, people are lonely this Christmas. So if you're lonely this Christmas, um, it's like the mud song, isn't it? I will be able to keep you company. You know, please reach out with your couple of lug holes on the side of your head and listen in. I hope I'm giving you a little bit of Christmas warmth, a little bit of Christmas nonsense, a little chuckle as you're around the fire and there's nobody coming to visit you. And, and that's, I think, the whole thing about podcast radio. There's a certain warmth to it. And I like to see myself as... Yeah, the dying embers. There's a lot of heat still in there, but it's very cosy, very warm, very comforting. And that's what I want to see this podcast out. So hopefully you're listening to that. So anyway, coming along the podcast today on this little pre-Christmas special, how miserable would people be without Hallmark holiday movies? So you have a couple of Hallmark holiday features uh, between now and Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. Um, also... Now, I, I don't mind myself some KFC bucket. Give me a KFC bucket and some biscuits. But eating that on Christmas Day, I just I know the Japanese, I think, do that. But, yeah, we'll be talking about that potentially on the podcast. Um, mince pie crumbs. Yes, mince pie crumbs. And also, who likes to start the festive season with a big old spliff hanging out of their mouth? Well, one of my neighbours does. Um, also... Woke reincarnations of old old shows. It seems to be the it seems to be the King Herod of all uh, all issues at the moment. We have basically old shows being reincarnated, giving a spruce caboose, nice and woke, 2020, 2021. It seems to be the curse of those two years. Also, yeah. Things that remind you of the past. It's almost like opening up that old ang- Anglo. Uh, Anglo-Saxon arc, not an Anglo-Saxon arc, because then you might expect to see one of the Sutton Hoo uh, gold burial masks or something along those lines. No, no, no. 
the old antique art we like to open where we look at things from our childhood in the UK. So we'll be doing a little bit of that today as well, uh, all, uh, on Christmas Eve. Also, more tips from my barber. Don't you just love those? And also, the love of the baked beans, but also the curse of the baked beans as well. What do you like to put in your mince pies? Um, also, the misunderstanding of Christmas cake. The joy, the absolute joy of Whole Foods. Also, my little tradition. You know, between the solstice and this sort of Christmas Eve, 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 I like to have a pheasant. And also, bread sauce and everything. Yep. So there's some of the things that we'll be uh, talking about, delving into, pulling back the curtain and looking, examining. Uh, there will be a trumpet trombone, both today and on the Christmas Eve show. And we'll be spinning a special wheel for you. Yes, we'll be spinning a special. It's like a, basically a, a roulette wheel for you. And uh, I think you're going to rather enjoy it. Is basically a big old Hallmark holiday movie wheel. And we're going to be making up our own forms as we go along. We're going to spin the wheel and reveal the plot lines for you on Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, you little florets. Yes, so as I mentioned, we will be spinning the Hallmark holiday roulette wheel. So anyway, I'll give you an example of this. We'll be playing this game over the, uh, over the next couple of shows here. But we'll be spinning the wheel. So let's just uh, give the wheel a little bit. Get it cranked up here if we can. It takes a little bit of time here. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, so we're spinning the wheel around. Oh, God, I tell you, it's got, uh, it's got good stamina, this wheel. Anyway. Oh, it's spinning again. I can't stop it. Once you start it, you just can't stop it. It's like an 18-year-old boy. Anyway, so anyway, so we spun the wheel and it landed on one of the themes or one of the plot lines for a Hallmark holiday movie. So this is an example. It spun around and it landed on Girl has life event and moves back to hometown. So as you can see, one of the major themes on our Hallmark holiday roulette wheel, we spun it and it landed. The girl has a life event and she moves back to her hometown. And we'll be spinning the wheel a lot more later on. We'll try to build ourselves. We'll be painting you a very snowy, frosty, warm, Christmas cookie, hot chocolate filled experience as you would get in a Hallmark holiday movie. I mean, everybody loves a festive rat tail. I know my daughter Victoria loves a festive rat tail. Not, a, not, a, not an actual rat's tail with tinsel on it or like a story of a you know what i mean anyway new york has a huge rat problem these vigilantes with dogs think they can fix it this will come as no surprise to anybody but new york has a rat problem two million rats call the city home thriving on the seats in sewers both abandoned and unabandoned buildings in parks subways in shoe stores and restaurants. You know what? I mean, we need a little bit of jingle bells. We need a jingle bell rat. We need a festive Santa Bell rat going on in the background. Yeah, I mean, we need we need a little bit of that. We need a little bit of festive cheer here for these poor rats. I mean, rats must love Christmas, though, don't they? With everybody feasting 
I mean, it, mu it must be a wonderful time of year for the rat to gorge itself. I mean, those rats will be as fat as the proverbial cats this, uh, this holiday season. Pandemic-induced closure of restaurants has deprived rodents of a regular source of food, leading to hungry rats being forced to travel further and more openly in search of nourishment. But rats are hardly the new issue in New York. For centuries, they presented a seemingly unsolvable problem. Despite a variety of efforts, Mayor Bill de Blasio launched a 32 million rat tackling effort. I mean, you don't think they were like big old rugby players tackling rats the size of houses. I mean, you need a couple of second rows, maybe a couple of props, possibly a hooker to tackle these beasts of rats. The sanitation department has blasted dry ice into rats' nests. Oh dear, I mean, their little tails will snap off or something, it's very neat. Building owners have been fined into cleaning up their trash, while at least one heron has lent a hand swallowing a rat in one gulp in Central Park. I mean, that's like a boa constrictor swallowing an antelope. How can a heron swallow a rat like that? None of it has really worked, which is where the rats come in. The group has been hunting rats with dogs in New York since 1995, operating a sort of canine vigilante service. Summoned to infested neighborhoods via Facebook or email, the rat's method of rat control, documented in grisly detail online, isn't for everybody. But it receives scores of requests from New Yorkers each year. I mean, it's like, do you send a big old flashlight up above the city like Batman, but you get Ratman coming? You see the you see the rat's tail, little little yellow teeth going. It could be a British rat. You never know. The the group conducts most of its hunts on Friday nights, which is when I find myself standing outside an apartment building, says the right and lower east side, flanked by the hunters. There have been signs of the rodent in a fenced-off area, and rat's operative squeezes through a couple of fence panels with his dog, intending to flush the rat out. On the other side of the fence, we wait. Eight people with eight dogs straining at their leashes. I mean, is this the people on the leash or the dogs? I mean, these, these are, sound like kinky rat operatives here. So, standing there with my pants tucked into my socks. Maybe he's, the writer's wearing some plus fours. Good on him, he's going back to the 1920s here. But he has wearing plus fours holding an iPhone. The dogs or terriers have literally smelt a rat and they're yapping and hopping about. All of a sudden there's action. The sound of scurrying approaches a fence in a small furry thing. Let's hope it's a rat, not some throwback to the 1970s. Scampers out from under the fence. It pauses, surveying the scene and sprints straight at me. As if the only person not tethered to a spirited dog. I mean, tried to tether a spirited corgi. The rat has appeared to see me as the best chance of escape with a leap and barely suppressed squeal. I evade the rat. I thought, there is a rat screaming or the writer? But it's a close call. You let it get away, somebody shouts. Possibly at one of the rats. I look around apologetically. This rat, like several others this night, will live to see another day. How sweet and saccharine do you like your Christmas? I mean, I do love a Hallmark holiday movie. And we'll be sprinting the Hallmark holiday movie roulette wheel. We'll be putting together a plot line, or several plot lines, uh, for you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener. But, I mean, how miserable would we be without a Hallmark holiday movie? Everybody in the Hallmark movie 
is happy. I mean, firstly, they're in Quebec or somewhere like that, filming. Because all of the movies are filmed, I think, in Canada. I mean, I don't know if it's Quebec or Saskatchewan. I think it's Quebec. So everybody has a, has a smile on their face. Everybody's probably had a peppermint mocha. I mean, but talking about that, I don't know. So I was, um, I had a hot chocolate last night. And I did indulge and, and, and put, God, dare I say it, three big marshmallows at the top of it. I used the Nespresso machine to whisk it up, whip it up into a frothy Christmas delight. And I poured that in there, a little bit of cream, and then the uh, hot chocolate mix, and then a couple of, uh, a couple or several couple of marshmallows on top there. I mean, that thing is, is probably the sweetest thing. I probably had a blood sugar spike uh, straight after drinking it. I mean, it was, I mean, it's the sweetest thing. I mean, it's like Buddy the Elf putting uh, maple syrup on his spaghetti sauce. That's how I felt. I, I, I really, I sort of transformed into Buddy the Elf for that second there. I mean, I've got the Will Ferrell curly hair when I don't comb it out, but that's, that's, that's about it. But it really gives a lot of joy, these Hallmark Holiday movies. The trouble is, you know, with all these Christmas cookies and the hot chocolate, and, and the trouble with hot chocolate is if you pass out on the couch and you don't drink all your hot chocolate, now that brown chocolatey powdery stuff at the bottom that has the uh, remnants of marshmallows, that hardens into like concrete. Have you ever tried to clean a cup of hot chocolate the next day? I mean, that stuff could be used to uh, build, you know, cement and build buildings. That's how firm the stuff is. It's like a sugary saccharine marshmallow melted chocolatey concrete. And I mean, I've been scrubbing all morning. I, I've been the uh, archetypal scrubber all morning. And I just can't get the stain out of this cup. So, I mean, the coffee shop owners in these small, quaint towns in the Hallmark Holiday movies, they probably had to have to pre-soak their cups. Because, I mean, if these cups are laying there, I mean, that's not going to be ready for the next customer. You need, you need a, power, a power washing device just to get the cups clean. But everybody's happy in these movies, aren't they? Everybody's happy. Every, I mean, but because I think everybody's probably just had a sugar high. They've moved on from hot chocolate to eating a Christmas cookie. So they're on a constant sugar high. Now, my warning would be, and the movie I would like to see, is when the sugar high drops, when they have their mid-afternoon lull, when the sugar high drops. Now, that's a Christmas movie I want to see next year. So who's forgoing the turkey or the goose or the prime rib, or the beef wellington, or whatever else you're going to have this year. Who's foregoing that and just doing KFC this year? Because in Japan, they do the KFC uh, bucket every year. But I, my, my thing is here, I mean, I, you, you build up to the Christmas Day meal being the biggest uh, meal of the year. And you just get yourself a KFC bucket. I mean, my fear would be if you got a bucket and they wore those like sinewy pieces of the chicken. If you just got a bucket of deep fried sinew, I mean, that could like ruin Christmas. I mean, you'd probably change religions at that point and start celebrating something else or maybe go pagan or something along those lines. If you got a sinewy bucket for Christmas. 
I mean, but who knows? I mean, if you've got the sinewy bucket, you may just eat biscuits. You just might just eat the biscuits and, 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 and put the gravy on there and then some of the mac and cheese. And also another thing, if you eat, if you don't unwrap your presents until after you eat the KFC bucket, and you'll have greasy fingers, you'll get that all over the wrapping paper. And that's terrible, then you'll never be able to reuse the wrapping paper. I mean, talking of chicken bones though, have you ever tried to prize a chicken bone out of a dog's mouth? I mean, the Corgi Maggie, you can never get that out. And she's forever picking stuff up. I'm, I'm, I'm worried that she might pick up a, you know, an old spliff off the floor. But the other day, she ate a whole jalapeno. Now, I don't know if you've ever had the situation where you've had a dog eat a jalapeno. I had my dear friend, Uncle Jim, who's been on the podcast before. He let my old dog, Eddie, lick a plate of curry when I lived in Chicago on the 17th floor. Now, on the hour, every hour, and probably on the half hour, I had to take the dog down and it would have terrible trouble, terrible diarrhea all over the pavement at like two or three in the morning. And I had to sleep in my long johns, basically. It was like minus 30 outside. It was bloody awful. Exactly, Maggie, exactly. But if you've got a jalapeno, if you've got a dog has eaten a jalapeno, this is basically the situation here. So the dog suddenly consumes, yes, it consumes a jalapeno. And uh, yeah, the music starts going. Uh, the time bomb is ticking, basically. So the dog eats a jalapeno. And uh, I mean, you could could be in this situation here where you've got, yeah, you've got a, you know, a little banger here. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I mean, it could be as immediate as that. Or maybe you're basically going out and you're going to the shops and the dog's eating the jalapeno, but nothing's happened yet. So you go out to the shops and you're waiting around. And you're thinking, well, I think maybe it's going to be okay. And then you come back and you've got this whole, yeah, you've got that whole situation going on. So, I mean, what's worse here? Whenever the dog eats the jalapeno, I mean, you've got a situation where, you know that, or uh, you get back and basically it's a disaster zone just in time for Christmas. So we had the full moon. And uh, I saw this, it's like an old-fashioned advert. Full moon tonight, get out and enjoy. Friendly dogs, mysterious craters, the mist that makes you forget. Moonbeans, where it's basically uh, baked beans that have been blessed by the moonbeams. Nightpeckers, the relentless pursuit of a sunken man. Ice dancing, half a Danish, and the Flatwoods monster, or potentially a boot cat. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of Zen time where it comes to uh, worshipping the full moon here. And the full moon means a lot to us in terms of your astrological readings. So the full moon was on Sunday and it's extremely impactful according to the moon goddess herself, Kirsty Gallagher. At 4.35 a.m. on Sunday, this last Sunday, December the 19th, a Gemini full moon will rise in the sky. You'll feel the effects on Saturday and Sunday. So celebrate the event on whichever day you prefer. It's a chance to break free from anything you don't want to carry into 2022. So anyway, the last full moon was a lunar eclipse and it was in Taurus. It came to help you re release everything in the way of your soul's evolution and growth and follow your true north into 2022. 
Kirsty says that after that, there was a Sagittarius new moon solar eclipse to help you close off a chapter and shift back onto your path for destiny in 2022 and beyond. The Gemini full moon is here to illuminate the year gone by and our way forward. I mean, surely with the Gemini twins, you don't know which one you're going to get. So it's like basically the Russian roulette of full moons. This is the last major lunar event of 2021 and the moon mentor says it's going to have quite an impact. Those naughty little Gemini twins. You need to pay close attention during the days running up to the final full moon of the year. Gemini loves change and this moon is here to help you see where you have been avoiding seeing the truth and therefore not making much needed transformations in your life. It could be an anxious and emotional run up to this full moon as she tries to get your attention. The moon is a turning point and gives you the opportunity to get very clear on what you've avoided releasing before. You've also been thinking about what you've healed and how you've changed and what you're truly ready to go and leave behind 2021. The moon in Gemini takes us up into our heads and out of our bodies. There can be a lot of confusion, questioning anxiety and heightened emotion around the Gemini moon. Gemini full moons are very fast paced. Oh, I want a moon that's like slow, like a, like a country cycle ride in the summertime with a basket and bell and a lovely picnic and maybe some orange squash in a flask. That's the sort of moon I want, slow and steady. As much as everything, Kirsty says, you can feel it's moving at 100 miles an hour. I'm looking at more like maybe one and a half miles an hour, ideally. That's what I would want. The Gemini moon is important. It's this moon to slow down and take time to process the information coming to you to feel what's true to you. One of the best ways to do this is to keep dropping out of your head and into the wisdom of your body instead of trying to think your way through the moon. You need to feel your way through this moon. Use your emotions to make the necessary decisions for moving forward and what you're ready to leave behind. There is your moon chart reading, Mystic Chappy. So we have our very delightful friends at Very British Problems on Twitter and Instagram. And the most subdued ways to accept a delivery. First of all, tar. The most upbeat way to accept a delivery. All right, how's it going? Uh, yeah, oh, nice ones. Cheers for that. All the best. Uh, see you later. Take care. Bye. Cheers, mate. So basically, Brits swing between tar and, all right, how's it going? Oh, yeah, a nice one. Cheers for that. All the best. See you later. Take care. Bye, mate. And then, uh, what's for tea? Either 12 mini quiches, 12 sausage rolls, 12 ham and cheese croquettes, 12 mini spring rolls, 12 breaded pawns, 12 mini samosas, or 12 mini fish cakes. But a health new Botox, a medication derived from bacterium toxin, is injected to ease wrinkles, migraines, muscle spasms, excessive sweating, and incontinence. It's not clear how exactly it reduces symptoms of anxiety, though researchers speculate that uh, Botox toxins may be transported to the regions of the central nervous system involved in mood and indeed emotion. And a US body positivity campaign group creates cards for patients asking doctors not to weigh them unless it is really medically necessary because it stresses them out and perpetuates the whole weight stigma. 
The group was founded in 2016 by Ginny Jones, a US-based life coach who specializes in eating disorders, recovery, and provides free online resources. The cards are available for free for individual use, including the cost of post and packaging for businesses to purchase for 32 uh, per hundred with doctor surgeries in the US already providing patients with the cards. On the back of the cards is a list of reasons why being weighed is not necessary, including most health conditions can be addressed without knowing my weight. I pursue healthy behaviors regardless of my weight status. I mean, it's, it's probably better than how it used to be back in the day. I mean, the nurse would put you on the scales and it's almost like the beginning of a boxing. Weighing in at 300 pounds, Chappy the British Butler. You know, that's how it used to be. So I may need to carry one of these cards around and, and make people a little bit more sensitive at it. Weighing in at massive 500 double chins and 350 pounds. Yeah, I mean, we don't want that guy on. A little discreet card saying, you know, I don't, I don't want you, I don't want you to weigh me. I mean, I please, you know, I just had five mince pies. I have discovered just from a lot of research, some detailed research for you, the listener. I know I talked before that shredded wheat was the worst crumbs you could have in terms of getting them stuck everywhere and then it goes onto the mattress and then you can't sleep as you have shredded wheat needles sticking into every part of you. It's like shredded wheat acupuncture. But I found a worse culprit. Now, never eat a mince pie shirtless. I mean, so like my family talked about this in the podcast. My dad decorates Christmas tree shirtless. I like to eat food shirtless. But it gets stuck in the hairy chest. This is why maybe I need to manscape the chest so I don't get bits of crumbs stuck in. But the crumbs from mince pies, I tell you, if you eat a mince pie and it gets stuck in the hair chest and then it drops out onto your bed overnight, you're basically rolling around on sandpaper. That's how stiff and crumbly and crackly and scratchy the crumbs from a mince pie are. So... I think there's only other, there's only one way of doing this. I'm going to have to put on one of those cagoule condom-like things whenever I eat a mince pie. Because the crumbs of a mince pie, as they harden over time, will give you the worst insomnia of your life. So people sometimes like to explore the brain of the butler. I mean, how do you come up with these ridiculous ideas, these ridiculous connotations in the podcast, you know, on a, on a bi-weekly, on a bi-weekly cycle? So I saw this on Twitter and it made me think. So what I really want is a Hallmark movie where a woman learns the true meaning of Christmas while she hunts a serial killer. And I was thinking, well, let's look at the plot lines and we'll come up with a Hallmark holiday movie, Roulette Wheel. And this is exactly what I've done. I mean, I'm so handy. I've created this marvelous sparkling roulette wheel and uh, we're gonna keep spinning it and uh, we're gonna see what comes up, where we spin it, where it stops, nobody indeed knows. So we're going to spin the roulette wheel, the Hallmark Holiday Roulette Wheel. I'm gonna give it a good old, good old spin. Yeah, I mean that's a great spin. There's a lot of muscle put into that, uh, put into that spin here. And I mean it may stop at some point soon. Oh, okay, it's coming to a stop here. 
Yep. And we have it stopped on European prince gets stuck in a blizzard and meets a local girl. Okay. There we go. That's one plot line that we have. Let's have a look. Let's spin it. Let's spin it another time. We'll see if we can get the, the wheels are turning one more time here. Okay, let's get the, uh, the roulette wheel spinning. Again, nobody knows where this marvellous festive wheel is going to stop. All right, here we go. Yep, it's, it, I think it's going to stop. Okay, yes, and it stops there. And we have Christmas cookies have strychnine and a celebrity is nursed back to health by a beautiful local nurse whilst the power is out in a blizzard. So there we go. It stopped on these this category. This is a this is a plot line for a holiday Hallmark movie. Christmas cookies have strychnine and have poisoned a local celebrity. And that celebrity is nursed back to health by a beautiful nurse whilst the power is out during a absolute rambunctious blizzard. Have you ever wondered nine names you can call nipples? that will embarrass the hell out of your children. Number one, Dank Nelsons. Number two, Party Pickles. Number three, Meat Daisies. Number four, Little Rickies. Number five, 6500s. Number six, Filthy Pepperonis. Number seven, Slippery Champions. Number eight, American Pastorals. And number nine, Bumpy Sun Hats. Nine names you can call nipples that will embarrass the hell out of your children this Christmas. Our regular Christmas feature is uh, last Christmas I gave you a cover version of last Christmas. So we ca- we're being very sensitive for those playing Whamageddon. To be honest, I'm ready to blow this whole party and play on the musical Emporium edition of the podcast Wham's Last Christmas, Christmas Pudding Mix. But you know what? I'm playing the game a little bit further. I'm playing it a little bit longer for you. And uh, we like to take a cover version of Wham's Last Christmas so we don't break the whole Whamageddon thing. And we try to decide uh, how many hoes it's rated. Is it worth a ho-ho-ho? One ho, one and a half hoes? Or uh, a hoe and a pear tree? I mean, we just don't know. So we're going to bring out the big guns. We're bringing out Ariana Grande with her version of Last Christmas. I gave you a cover version of Last Christmas. Okay, so if you're listening to the Butler Emporium Musical Edition playlist of the podcast, you've just heard Last Christmas by Ariana Grande. That reminds me of the joke, um, how many hoes does it take to change a Christmas light bulb? I mean, it would be a whole brothel, because you once you never know which light's out. <laughs> I mean, the thing about these cover versions is they're, they're all valiant efforts, but you're never going to beat the original, are you? Hody ho, welcome to Trump, or indeed trombone. So we take some of the most heinous headlines of the week, and uh, you know, we're making a little bit of a festive flavor this week. Women shares genius hack for when their wrapping paper is too small for the gift. A bunch of ladies whose lead basically is Tracy Garrett has built an impressive following almost 2 million people on TikTok for her handy gift wrapping videos. 
A woman is shared a life-saving hat when it, you cut wrapping paper too short and it's too small to fit your gift. We've all been there before. You're trying to wrap up a present then realize the piece of paper you've cut is way too small and you're forced to cut some more. Thankfully, there's a trick to put an end to all the waste and frustration. She responded by sharing the trick that will completely change your wrapping game. The clip began with a gift box wrapped in the center of a square piece of wrapping paper. Then she tried to fold the gift wrap over the box lengthwise and crosswise and neither option fully covered it. So she turned it diagonally. She took the top and folded it over the box and did the same with the bottom section, making sure it taped down. After folding the remaining two sides, the present was securely wrapped. And that's the key, the, the diagonal position. But remember this, Confucius once says, not the size of the package, it's what you do with it. Come December the 1st, thousands of all-knowing elves are deployed across the country to keep tabs on children's behavior. The trend started in America, but quickly became popular in the UK too, with kids and parents obsessed by the quirky character. Previously, parents' actions have left people divided with one woman accused of going too far with outrageous pranks. And schoolgirl's reaction to her elf left people in hysterics after discovered the doll had drawn glasses and freckles on her face overnight. Fuming Isla Crawford 7 wasn't impressed after discovering that the elf had scribbled on her with eyeliner as she slept until the morning. I mean, come on, it's overdue stress at the festive season is bad for the elf. Finally, if you've ever viewed a house you spotted online, you know that properties can look an awful lot different online and there's a lot you just want to see in person. In fact, one of the most important things you just wouldn't know without viewing a property is how it smells, which turns out to be reveal an awful lot more than you think. An American real estate agent posts on uh, TikTok recently revealed what happened to one of her clients bought a house which had an overwhelming smell of bleach and chlorine at the initial viewing. This was a red flag to the realtor, but after a couple put on an offer to the home, a house inspector ruled that there was nothing wrong with the property. I was showing buyers this house that they wanted to see. We knew that the seller was going to be present, but she wasn't going to not leave the house. That's typically not the norm, but frankly, it's her house and she can decide what she wants. So we arrive, we open up the door and it's really dark inside and the smoke smell hits you. But on top of that, there was a strong smell of bleach. And you're kind of like, what's she trying to cover up here? But you don't know what you don't know. Anyway, it closes and my clients are thrilled. They go on one day one, ready to do all the remodeling. They start pulling up some of the floors and you might want to hang on to your stomach. All the subfloors were soaked in animal urine. I mean, I guess that's a huge red flag or potentially a huge yellow flag. Oh, it's been absolutely fabulous having you here, darling. Darling, it's been absolutely oh, wonderful. So, so there we go. We have our little uh, little crimbo edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. Uh, it's, it's you know, as I said, smack between the solstice and Christmas Eve. We will have another edition of Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese on Christmas Eve. A little festive, festive frolic for you. Continuing the theme of this show, basically. Uh, but if you like to listen to the podcast, and thank you for all the listeners out there, please like, like and subscribe when you can. But Apple Music, if you like the audio, there's a Spotify audio version as well. Slacker, uh, you've got Pandora, you've got iHeartRadio, you've got Audible, Amazon Music, across many different platforms. And I did find the other day, as I was uh, 
swirling around my uh, beautiful chili con carne. One of the beans popped and I could hear the wonderful beanalicious sounds of keep calm and cauliflower cheese. I guess beanalicious sounds like it might be farting. And, and I don't think the podcast sounds like uh, somebody letting rip or something. I mean, you listen to itself. You, 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 you'll know, you'll know. And uh, if you like music, though, there is a Spotify music edition where it's basically my beanalicious drivel scattered with music. And today we have some special Christmas tunes. Uh, there's a Jarvis Cocker Christmas tune. There is also some Tay-Tay. There's also the Pogues. You've got some Katy Perry. You have some Waterboys. You have some Paul McCartney. You have Mr. Bojangles. You have John Lennon. You have, and I've broken the curse. So why am I getting cursed? There is some Wham. I warn you now. Music to suit everybody's taste but coming up we have a christmas poem for you this is an absolute classic the oxen by thomas hardy christmas eve and 12 of the clock now they're all on their knees an elder said as we sat in a flock by the embers of the hearthside ease we pictured the meek mild creature where they dwelt in the story pen nor did it occur to one of us there to doubt they were kneeling then so fair a fancy few would weave in these years, yet I feel if somebody said on Christmas Eve, come see the oxen kneel in the lonely Barton by yonder coombe our childhood used to know, I should go with him in the gloom, hoping it might be so. Please join me on another merry jaunt on Christmas Eve, the last keep calm and cauliflower cheese before Christmas. But please take a deep breath. Have a crumbly mince pie. Make sure you don't get it stuck in your chest hair. But until next time on the podcast, cheerio for now.